Hi guys, you're welcome back to the Because Marriage is Love podcast. Welcome back guys. So good to have you listening or tuned in and listening to this episode. On today's episode, we're speaking about marriage and the realities of relocation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> marriage and the realities of relocation. Right. Um, and as you know, it's real, relatable and actionable marriage wisdom here yeah. always. Um, for those who don't know, we've also relocated for... I'm not sure that is still news, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, when we got married, we were living in Lagos, Nigeria. And just before we turned five, just before the five-year mark, we moved to England. And that's where we've lived for the last sort of three years, a little over three years now. Yeah. And that's sort of where we've been. And in our work and in our life generally, we've come across the reality that that relocation season is one that can be potentially stressful. It can be potentially strenuous on the institution of marriage, yeah, on that marriage unit. Your life changes. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And we've seen many come together as married and then start to go through a transition where they're not even certain that they want to be with each other anymore the pressures of the new realities that they are confronted with has gotten them to the place where they're sort of like, you know what, we're not doing this marriage thing again. It's not working. Yeah, and then, you know, because I know that it is a real reality. And I think that that's why we are having this conversation. Yeah, I think um, it's just understanding that they, there are increased levels of friction, you know, and that really doesn't matter whether there, there's always been friction. Mm. It's just the idea that uh, the chances for that to increase, you know, becomes uh, increased in itself. Yeah. And a lot of people are met with that shock. The idea that it begins to seem like things that weren't particularly an issue, you know, now become an issue. Mm. Um, um, things that they potentially wouldn't have had to bother about now becomes, you know, or become things that they have to bother about. Uh, from work to domestic responsibilities to finances to the burden of even um, meeting daily needs and all of that and I feel like you know being uninformed does not necessarily exempt you from the experience right because the fact that you didn't know is not an excuse in the face of the experience you will experience it Mm. Um, life is different than it was you know back at home Um, we had our own you know what you call root shocks, yeah. right? But I think the beauty for us is that we've been able to adjust, you know, um, in multiple ways, and that requires a lot of things, mm. right? Mm. Requires a lot of things from from the ability to regulate emotionally appropriately, um, to even the ability to understand, communicate, and you know, just be realistic yeah. at times when you need to be realistic. Yeah. I think that there are many idealistic positions that. Um, we have coming back from our home country and a lot of people might move and still have that idealistic I mean, position, you know, uh, the way things should be. Ideally, right? yeah. The way things should be <laughs> and you know, be that on the patriarchal side or be that on, you know, the feminine, you know, side and what people might consider as roles and responsibilities. I think the main issues are actually roles and responsibilities. Mm. <laughs> you know, you, you know, know, yeah. 
me you know that me i like to make sure that everybody is getting summaries they're getting everything <laughs> in a structured way because that's sort of how i learn and i just want to make sure that we're not losing mm. anybody in the conversation mm. and there, there's something you said and i feel like that's a thing that we need to explore you mentioned right. culture shock mm. you said the, the the shock that in our own experience i want you to speak from the lens of the man right because mm. the traditional nigerian man or the traditional african man many at times have been socialized in a particular way um such that it then makes it difficult exceptionally difficult for them to embrace the flexibility that i think living abroad demands do you understand so i want you to speak to that from the lens of your own experience like Mm. what culture shocks did you experience as a man for you personally it Mm. might be different because mm. even in nigeria you were not you were not acting like a traditional man mm. so you might not the realities might might come across or come to you differently yeah. but i still know that there's certain ways or so there's a certain degree to which you can speak to what you might have experienced or what you might have been confronted with as mm. a man and in the peculiarity of our situation say is Speak to it from the lens of your own experience. Mm. What were the challenges you had? What was the culture shock like for you? And what were the things that helped you navigate mm. those things? Right. Um, is it a tricky question now? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I know that for me it was. Um, I'm not sure what adjustments I made, mm. except maybe there were mental adjustments right and maybe the mental adjustments are primarily around um work and you know um, finances especially because of course the 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 foundation of our moving over to to england was because you were going to start working here Mm. and so the grounds for moving was that you got a job here Mm. and you know um you were basically dependent on your uh what's thing called now you are coming in as my dependent. You're coming in as your dependent, yeah. primarily, yeah. And so that just meant a couple of things, right? Um, instantly, the first person with earning capacity became you, mm. right? And that meant that I need, needed to figure out what was going to put me in the position of earning mm. again as I moved here. And let's not forget that the initial intention was when I get here, I'll set up my business, and all of that got to. Uh, uh, be greeted with some shock in itself because <laughs> the moment we came here and I went back to Nigeria to complete the event I had pending, I came back in, in March of 2020, um, lockdown happened, yeah. right? And, you know, at the advent of COVID and all of that pandemic period, clearly there was no way I could have set up any business, mm. you know, because my business is primarily public rather than private. So um, that was a shock. Yeah. The fact that I was going to, would I say, be idle and without work. And I was then greeted with the realities of the billing systems in the United Kingdom compared <laughs> to the billing systems in Nigeria, you know, where everything is pretty much paid per month. Mm. You really cannot pay away a bill, mm. right? You're going to receive it and you're going to pay it. As a matter of fact, bills were on direct debit, so you really cannot owe, mm. <laughs> you know? So it was like a totally different you know, system that we're being greeted with. And the question was then, are we able to live around, you know, the earnings that you were making 
And what did we need to do to augment that? It became really, you know, that was the first struggle because nobody gives you a job because you moved from one country to the next. You have to qualify for a job mm. to get one. And seeing that I run my own business over time, um, I needed to either get a job that maybe was a contract based or in line with what I did or whatever it was, or I'd have needed to start a process again of getting some education or certification or whatever would then qualify me to get a job, right? Um, and those were things that started like a trial period, you know, um, and in the, and I'll switch from that to saying with that current state came the reality that I was more present at home than and, you were. And I was going to say one more reality. Yeah. The fact that when the kids came, right, there was no nursery slots for well, them. Oh yeah, I was, I was going there when I said <laughs> be more present at home. So the reality that I was actually more present at home. And you had to go to work because, I mean, you were employed, mm. you're being paid mm. and you're, you're being paid literally kept us, mm -hmm. you know, um, together in terms of what was required to keep it, people together <laughs> or whatever money. that is, you know, so um, that was the reality. And then I was home. By the second time I had come back, then I came back with the kids. And mm. if I was present at home and they had not yet gotten slots to go to school at the time, it meant that somebody actually had to do that work, mm. right? That was the second reality. Somebody had to do the work. Somebody had to stay with the kids. Mm. There wasn't, you know, any system yet for them to get into. They were going to go to school in September. We came back in March. Mm -hmm. So that was a couple of months until they went to school, you know. And that was the second reality. When we were in Nigeria, we had help. Like, we had help. <laughs> I mean, we had two whenever we wanted to, mm. you know. And so, and we had our parents. So yeah. it was easy to ship them over if we were tired. But this time, there was nowhere to ship them to. There was no help and there was nowhere to ship the kids to and somebody had to go to work which was already established and then somebody had to stay at home mm. which of course was already established mm. and that was like the reality imagine if i would like to sit and hang my legs you know on a normal day i couldn't decide that anymore i had four year olds to mm. look after mm. i had a home in front of me to, to 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 make sure that things were in order somebody had to go to work mm -hmm. the, the demands on somebody going to work and coming back every day um was anything like work looks like for everybody then i wouldn't expect that that same person will come back home and start to do the things that you know were supposed to be done in the house so it's it felt like common sense mm. so that's why i said what i just meant did i really make i think i just understood the reality mm. Mm. right the reality being that i'm at home and she's at work mm. that had nothing to do whether it looked like tables turned or you know tables were straightened whatever that looked like because as a matter of fact when we both nigeria you were working and i was working so it's not like you know um, anyone was home um primarily mm -hmm. so but in this case somebody was actually at home yeah and then it was me it was just the reality things that needed to happen in the open needed to happen mm. and there was no help yeah <laughs> there was no help there was no mary <laughs> or blessing <laughs> you know god bless them and i think that you know i just chuck this in and i digress i think for the first time i understood how much work those girls helped with mm. the idea that from the domestic responsibilities to the child care responsibilities to the to the um, everything in between, you know, it was so much work. Yeah. But 
the way I looked at it was some humans actually did it. Some people lived through it, mm. right? Some people even had work, like corporate work, and those domestic work as their responsibility and childcare, mm. and they've lived through it. Mm. So in reality, humans don't die by it. Mm. Mm. So it means there has to be a way to approach it that makes you do it appropriately yeah. and get through with it. Yeah. For me, that's pretty much what to figure, mm. right? I mean, a couple of things before I... I I wrap that up. I think that was the beginning of me understanding the need for routines in a day. Yeah. As I set pretty much everybody and everything in the home on a routine. Mm. Right? Routines that the kid has to the kids routines that the kids had to follow, routines that I had to follow, routines that got all the work in the house done, routines that routines, literally, so that I, I will be at peace, as well as you and as well as them. Mm. Right? Pretty much I think that if there was any adjustment, it was just the adjustment to a new set of routines. Yeah. Of course, in the face of the new reality. Wow, wow. A bit of a vulnerable question. Right. You are allowed to not answer if you feel like you're <laughs> 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 You feel like I'm putting you on the spot, right? Right. But did you ever, did your ego ever come up at any of those times? That's the first, is a two-part question. Did your ego ever come up at any of these times? And mm. people that watch this, so we don't pre-plan the podcast. Yeah, so I feel like... So, so when we get here, we just start to talk. I feel like so, the base of my seat is burning, like I don't know what to do. So some of these say. questions, he's hearing it for the first time because it's as we're speaking, some of these things are just dropping in my mind, right? <clears throat> so my question... I was going to say, the more you're elaborating, the more I'm deciding whether or not to answer the question. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> so the question... Yeah. Was there any time that your ego felt bruised or your ego felt tampered with and then the second part of that question was there anything i did that made the transition of that season or that made the transition of that period easier on you easier on your ego mm, you asked that question skewedly like easier what of harder did you do anything <laughs> <laughs> Why do you just ah, make it seem like... Because I'm a good wife now. Nah. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, let, I, maybe I'll just start playing along with the idea that you're a good wife. <laughs> Guys, but yes, people that are watching was... this, I'm a good wife. I don't know think about Nobody has said that. But you said you'll play along with the idea. That still hasn't said anything. <laughs> I give up. Nothing is good or bad except what you think about it. Oh, God. Right, so let's go. <laughs> yeah. Was my ego ever bruised? No, I, 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 I don't think so. Okay. Right? I don't think so, but I know that I remember that there was a period when um, I'd mentioned to you that, thank God you are not the man. <laughs> Because if you were the man, you'd have run out of us silly. <laughs> and that was because I saw how you could just come back from work and expect your food. <laughs> and if the food wasn't coming in two minutes, you were frowning your face. And I was trying to remember, like, did I ever frown my face for food any time in my life until now that she learned this kind of behavior? <laughs> And I think that's when I told you that, like, 
if you were the man in this house, we would have really suffered. All of us would have been running up and down trying to be okay. You know, but then, yeah. That, I think, was the worst of it mm. in terms of, you know, and that was an expression, and that expression had no guile attached to it. Mm. Right? It was more of a personality that thing. That was me. That was me making you see what was going on. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, relax, mm. relax. The food will be served. You queen. <laughs> you know, but yes, in terms of whether ego was being bruised or not, no. And I think the reason ego gets bruised, the ego of a man or a person or humans in general, because all of us have it, is kind of like the reality check you have that kind of keeps you or hopes to keep you safe in the face of other human perception. Mm. Because the reason you have that, that, that sense is so that you can probably align to what should be expected as normalcy mm. in behavior, mm. right? Mm. The reason many people have it bruised is because there's such a huge gap between what prob- probably is ideal and what, re- what, what is realistic, right? And so what happens when you're having that is that you have an ideal that you consider appropriate for you to be engaged with or to be, you know, experiencing. And there's a reality that is totally, you know, uh, misaligned to your ideal. Mm. And so what happens then is that you start having these defense mechanisms coming up, Mm. right? In regards of the ideal, sometimes it might just be some sort of distortion to how you explain things or how you interpret things and then you come to having those defense mechanisms Mm. you know mismanaging how you approach behavior in the minute right depending on what's going on i doubt that i have had those kind of unrealistic positioning Mm. right and so in the face of our own move and the face of that you know of the experience i knew what was expected i knew that if i went to work and you were at home what i would expect would happen is that if I came back home, you should be able to eat, mm. right? <laughs> whether I ordered the meal, I mean, whether you ordered the meal or you made the meal, that's inconsequential. Mm. The idea is you didn't go to eat where you went, you went to work. So mm. if you came back home, then you should be able to eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's if the home would serve as anything, that's like what it should serve as, yeah. a place where you can come to and then finally be sure that you are safe, mm-hmm. right? And so if you come to your home and that's not happening, then there's a problem. Yeah. So for me, the reality is that you should come home and feel like you're home. Yeah. And that's for anybody, whether it's the man or it's the woman. And so as regards whether there was an ego being bruised somewhere, I don't think there was a mm. distortion between the reality and my ideal. My ideal in that moment was for us to have a home yeah. that was working. Yeah. And if I was the one presently, you know, in the place for making sure that that happened, yeah. then it had to work, mm. right? So there was no ego play. And I think it was only, you know, those little moments when I knew that um, maybe there are other things I think I should do, right? And I don't know how much we're going to, you know, do in terms of this conversation, but I know that there were times when I, I came to the place where in terms of even um, um, work, when I started, you know, mm. finally doing that um, remotely, that I told myself again that another lie that many times we tell ourselves is, oh, because I'm working, I'm actually very busy. And then if I'm very busy, then other things should suffer, mm. right? You don't have that luxury when you move to these places. And I was, I was reminded several times, or I, I was always reminded um, how there has been 
There have been women all over the world that work remotely. They are not full-time housewives. Mm -hmm. They work remotely and they still tend to the children mm -hmm. and they still tend to domestic responsibilities, mm -hmm. right? And they still do very well with their work. Mm. Women have built themselves to that point mm -hmm. in different parts of the world, right? And then I'm telling myself, if that's the reality for women, how does a man claim that work makes him weak? There has to be some explanation to whether they are more, in terms of emotional strength, stronger, mm -hmm. um, resilience, more resilient, um, mental capacity, more mentally strong, and whatever it takes to actually be able to do that. I think that every human is capable of doing that, only that there's a distortion that disallows the acceptance of that reality, that which of course can make you emotionally weak, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. So you're just drained by the idea that now I have to tend to kids and I have to cook, and I have to serve a wife, and I have to... And what's making you drained is the fact that your mind cannot conceive that you are responsible for those duties. Mm. Now, I did not have that. Mm. So, I can easily do what I believe is the realistic thing to do. Hmm. I'm trying to be able to help people see this conversation in a way that becomes helpful, yeah. you know, yeah. for people to be able to change. But I feel like it might be a lot of things. And I've said quite a number of things from what's occurring mentally yeah. to possible, you know, distortions in terms of how interpretations and explanations are made. Yeah. You know, assumptions, presumptions, mindset, beliefs, cultural, you know, beliefs, yeah. if you may. And to the defenses that are occurring, because I feel like a lot of the times these frictions only occur because you are not flexible enough to allow for another way to look at the thing that is causing trouble. Mm, mm. So why are we going through the things we go through? Maybe it's just because I'm expecting too much from my wife. Mm. Maybe it's just because I am not being fair like in terms of reality what I check expect. the situation. Yeah. yeah. So put yourself in that place where you question and maybe in the face of the question, decide to perform the opposite. Mm. Maybe if I perform the opposite to this, maybe it will help the situation. Like there are those moments when you may have to come to that place and do that, mm -hmm. right? And so for me, while I would like to speak as though there was a lot of struggle, I think the one place I struggled was what kind of job I could fit in. Mm. And so if ego played out any time, it would be the fact that I knew that there were some kind of jobs I couldn't settle for. Mm. Mm. And there was a kind of job I could settle for. Mm. And I feel like we had our conversations around those times where, look, there's the financial demand, but there's the kind of role I cannot settle for. Mm. And so we either sit through the period where I have to train to become the kind of person I know I can essentially engage us, or hmm. we have a problem. That, I think, was the only place we had a real This, this thing you're touching on is to, a major thing because... Yeah. Um, Sorry, and then in terms of what did you do to make it easy, I think in that time you actually did understand that... You actually did, under, did understand that I think do 
what you feel comfortable to do. And you know, the thing is, it wasn't an easy position for me either, right? Because yeah. <clears throat> we were greeted by the reality of bills. Like bills, yeah. I as a, if you've never had money conversations before moving or relocating abroad, I feel like there's a way relocating abroad will sure. make you have sense. <laughs> like, and if that you don't, that was the first time <laughs> that I came at you and said, "Look, can we sit down? Can we draw out budget <laughs> and expense?" Because I just knew that if I couldn't particularly hold the reins and determine what comes in, we must be careful how it goes out. Yeah. And I couldn't sit down and watch us not know that that was something that was critical to do. Yeah. Right. And the, the, those realities are there, right? And I feel like it's so important because if not, it is a huge source of friction. One of the reasons mm. that many would fight or many would start to bicker in this season would be that their incomes or their earnings do not match, they do the not demands. match the demands in the home right. front or the demands right. on their reality, right? right? And I feel like it's so important that you will sit through these conversations painstakingly. I know that you say now that you didn't do, there were some jobs that you knew that were, they were no-go areas, mm. but there were months in which we were financially strained and, and I stretched. Had to, I had to strap my boots. And you had to strap and your boots and do something to make sure I could augment our finances. Do yeah. you understand? Like, and I knew, and I would, I knew that as much, even me, there were some days I was like, I don't want my husband doing this kind of work. And I was feeling bad. I would feel bad, like, ah, somebody that was controlling his own businesses, like, this kind of work. And I'll plug my ears with motivational messages reminding me of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was it was the truth that at those times right me i probably stretched beyond my capacity in the sense that i'd done all the locums i could possibly do and maybe i didn't even have any ability left in me to do any locum left in that month and you knew like and i feel like that's one thing that is important like understanding that you guys are going at this thing at 18 yeah. like it, it might just feel like somebody starts start, starting to sound like a broken record but that teamwork cannot be minimized yeah. because it's like the realities are in front of us how do we make this work yeah, I think I think part of and what... I'm, yeah, because, sorry, babe. Yeah. There are days when I told you that I'm tired. I actually don't feel strong enough to do any local... That's where like... I was going to. I feel like part of what made me have to stand up to do that was when I knew that, no, it wasn't realistic, right? It wasn't realistic, you know, um, facing these demands like this. There had to be a point where we're able to ease into payments such that it was possible to then start to study, as I hoped to. Mm. Um and know that there were no demands, you know, undue demands that you were pressured by because, you know, you primarily were responsible for earning. And so at that point, it felt like a no-brainer because there's no beauty watching you drain. Mm. <laughs> and it didn't really matter if I was responsible for all what was going on in the, in the home front. There was no beauty watching you drain, right? And I think that... But those that have experienced the system, they understand that, look, these places are not like Nigeria, right? People, are, are, people have the opportunity of working either at night or, and I knew when we had to switch those roles, like you're not working night out, I take a night shift somewhere, you're not working mm -hmm. day, I'm, you know, I'm taking it just because we knew that that was the reality, you know, and it was compulsory to accept it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that this was the way out at that time. Yeah. 
you know, it's supposed to be at, at that time. And I know that it can be very tough, especially for, for men. Hmm. Right? It can be very tough, especially for men. You know, just especially if you weren't particularly engaged in any role that demanded the... Um, demanded maybe no skill mm. no intelligence you know and it was just a role to fulfill a duty so that you can get paid right even working and not working with your intelligence many times in itself is draining yeah for the intellectual yeah and so i can imagine for someone that already feels that their representation in life is their work how belittled they might feel doing something that is less than them. But there's that idea that if nothing has proven to replace that, it might mean essentially that that must be where you must start. Mm. The work to then replace that is a totally different work altogether. Mm. The work to get above that is a totally different work altogether. And I think that many times it's actually denial to think that I am more than something that I'm not necessarily more than yet, mm. Mm. right? There's that humility to know that if I find myself here and I'm struggling to be able to um, produce the kind of result I think I'm capable of producing, maybe I'm actually not there yet. Mm. Maybe there's still some work to do, mm. probably internally, probably mentally, probably behaviorally, probably characteristically, probably skill or talent-wise. But in the moment, in the face of the struggle, I think what is most realistic to do is to solve what is going on mm. while you double down to figure out how to begin to live the life you think you're worth. That was my own primary experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so even coming to the place where I would do that for people now to help them see themselves the way they should be and live the life they want to live and become as productive as they should be was because I lived the it truth. Yeah. Yeah. myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I leave it myself. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's a conversation that I would just insert as an as an add-on to this conversation. Yeah. It's a conversation on roles and responsibilities, right? Because I feel like we should not we should not belabor the matter. Mm. We've, we have a We've podcast, a podcast yeah, that, where right. we, we extensively discuss roles and responsibilities and how the approach to roles and responsibilities should be the fact that because somebody is responsible for this or because this is the area of a person's strength, you shouldn't then watch the other person. You shouldn't now watch the person be burdened. burdened or you should, because it is almost as though we are doing this together, we are going at this together. If I see that my teammate is getting tired or if I see that my teammate is getting weak, I should be more than willing to, to step, step up in. to the plate, to step yeah. in and say, how can I help? Yeah. What are the things I can do to take off your shoulder now to make it easy, right? Yeah. And I feel like that, that that's something that really helped. And I feel like for us as well, it was the place of having those vulnerable conversations because on those days when I knew that it might be potentially tough on you in the sense that you were having to do something that was odd or something that was not necessarily the thing that you would have ideally wanted, I sort of had conversations. I talked it through with you. I tried to make you understand like that I was there for you in, in all the little ways that I knew, sort of just giving you that emotional validation yeah. that you might have needed to just see the, see the process through. Yeah. And I feel like you were also responsive and accommodating of those conversations. You were not necessarily shutting down because you were vocal about how some of these things did make you feel and then yeah. that knew that made me know how to sort of come in and support as it were and i feel that it's also important that i say that even though you were looking after the kids 
and I was going out to work because even lockdown then happened and many people were working from home and all of that. Yeah. But I never had that reality. I never had that opportunity to work from home because I was in the front lines. I was still working. So all of through COVID, when many people had their, their realities changed mm. and they couldn't choose the option of flexible or remote working, yeah. I never really had that reality offered to me because of the kind of work that I do. And I feel like it was also still important for me that in spite of that, I made sure that I, I gave you opportunities, like asked you like, oh, do you want, let me take the key off you this weekend you just do you just do yeah. things that just help your own that, that help your own mental health that do like do you get because it was easy for me to just come back home and also form tired like you said mm. it was easy for me to just come back home and say you know what this covid thing is taking a toll on me mentally i don't really i'm not in the headspace to want to even touch the children or look at the children but i also knew that i couldn't be selfish because there were there were it was you as well and you were equally sacrificing mm. and it, it was not just one it's just one it's one thing for me to say I recognize the sacrifice and I acknowledge it. Yeah. But it's another thing for me to just come sure. over to the yeah, to show it and come over to the other side mm. to say, you know what, I see what you are doing. It yeah. is a lot. You are stretching, you are doing all of these things. And it is so important that I can also offer my hand to say, you know what, let me take the children off of you. Do yeah. you today, do you this weekend. And I mean, I had those days where I would be off during the week as well. And I'd be like, no, don't do anything today i'm in charge i will do everything you mm. just chill and rest you get because it was important for me to let you know that i saw you through all of this process and you were not just a a slave driver or you were i, I wasn't just a slave driver rather and you were not just somebody that was at home to just fulfill duties roles mm. and responsibilities right and i feel like it's so important the other thing i wanted to emphasize was in this stage it is very important to find community it mm. is so important to build community because I think that, that was one of the things that God did for us in that he helped us. He brought yeah. our away good people that cared about yeah. us, people that cared genuinely about us, people that were there for us in, mm. in the little things. And oftentimes, there's even people that have gone ahead of you that have walked this road before mm. that would offer that hand to say, you know what, I've been there, I've done that, I know what this can feel like. Mm. I know what it can feel like trying to settle in a new country with two children, with no help, with no system of struggle. And some of these people were people that then offered there were days they offered to take our children off of us to say you know what i would watch Fifi and Fala today yeah. you guys just just do you do something that makes you happy do do, do you understand yeah. so i feel like it's so important because you would also find that that community is in, it will help you as time goes along because on days when you finally even let's let's come up with a scenario where finally two of you have jobs yeah. the two of you have jobs now but then there's something clashing with the children's schedule and you need somebody that will just be able to help you pick up the children and you go back and pick your children from them. So you need, and, and it is a give and take relationship. That's one thing I find in, in this, in this environment. If people notice that you are just willing to just be taking, taking, taking yeah. without making any deposits in return, they will start to feel used because anybody that offers to help you, it's a huge sacrifice on their part because time is money. Time is of the essence here. Even if they were not working, they could have used the time to rest. They could yeah. have used the time to do something else. Yeah. So I feel like just as you are, people are serving you as well, offer to serve, offer to watch their kids too, offer to babysit for them too yeah. when you can, offer to just off, to provide a relief for something that I, I can't even, I can't even emphasize how service and serving other people had, had then became a pedestal to us experiencing great help in this country. Like yeah. just looking over the your current realities and looking over the shoulder to see somebody else struggling and offering to help them. Yeah. You don't even know the deposits that you are making in the long run, right? And I yeah. feel like it's so important to find your own community, to grow your own community, to grow your own support system. I mean, you guys then formed like a mini group 
So there were like three of us who were doctors working in the same hospital. Yeah. And all of your husband, all of the husbands sort of knew themselves during school runs and, and things like that. And yeah. then you guys became like a, a little support system for yourself. Such that, for, yeah. for the school to even release a kid mm-hmm. on instruction. Like, so the other so. analogy that you bring up about when we went to Scotland is also important. But the good part about that is that my mom was around. But then somebody actually sacrificed to drive to 30 come, minutes pick to the pick kids, the kids and take right them to school. Back, like, yeah. do you understand? So I feel like community, you can't overemphasize the importance of community right. and there's a scripture in the bible that says that he that wants to have friends must first show himself to be friendly I mean, because yeah. it's very easy for you to say i don't have community i don't have the support system around me but you can build it it is something that you can build and you can cultivate right right i think something i'd like to add and i think this one is important you know many times in the face of a situation we are quick to interpret it as though that will be our situation forever mm. situations come and they go mm. And so if you come into the, a new environment and you find that you are greeted with this new reality, make a plan for how that wouldn't be your reality forever. Yeah. And face the current reality the way that keeps you able to face the beauty of forever yeah. that you have planned for. Yeah. So I think essentially people should just come to that realization. Whatever is happening now is not happening forever. Yeah. And so we can adjust. And you know, you, there's something you always say to me about how love is an action, right? When we say it is all of these sort of little situations that test, that put our love to test, do you understand? Mm. And that the ability to wither it together hand in hand would mm. actually give your union something strong to stand on. Like you've, if you can go through these phases hand in hand, like looking each other in the face, having the difficult and hard conversations that you might need to have, but you knowing that you're not enemies, you're mm. both working together for each other's good and each other's success, yeah. right? And if you rem- we always keep it in mind that we're on the same team, we're on the same team, we're fighting for a common goal, we're fighting for a common purpose. I think it will make the situation easier to handle and then just remembering to be kind to one another mm. because one person can then load over their success or load over their rea- the, 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 mm. and because we've had unrealistic situations as well where you know that the other person is not working and then you then feel like they must contribute to the to the house rent in a larger proportion than yourself because they are the man and then you then start to put them under undue pressure or, or bringing them into an undue situation mm. like greet this reality this realities with reality in a sense like yeah. reality check where you are part-time and make sure that your expectations are grounded in that are grounded in what is realistic what is possible for you guys part-time yeah. and just remembering to be kind and extending grace to one another like i can't overemphasize how that would help you in the long run yeah. I, I feel like there's so much that can be said but i think we'll just draw the curtains here mm. what we can do is if people have more specific questions you can send the questions in and we can then yeah, record we can yes that. we can then record like sort of another yeah, episode that speak sort of to speaks that. to specific situations or specific questions right, that you might have right. we are not turning one. the podcast into a that's we're a not the one. relocation expert oh, no, of course <laughs> but then i think it's as regards marriage of marriages, marriage yeah right, right. yeah so, so once again thank you guys for tuning in thank you for listening to the podcast remember marriages work and the marriages that work are worked out We're rooting for you.